I'm working even on Christmas. Lakers versus the Pistons. This shirt cost me a ticket. My girl purse is ridiculous. It's Parmesan on my chicken. I'm dressed like I've been dealing. A silk shirt when I'm chilling. Moon roof in the ceiling. A hundred proof so she feel it. I see you from my building. Together we can make billions. Diamond certified brilliant. This restaurant is Sicilian. Damn, I had the best feeling. Then you had to catch feelings. She always wear the best denim. I fuck with you, you a real one. Uh, Wax be the Brazilian. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on, sports family, man? And we back again, checking in with another episode of Micah and Friends. And today, you already know it's the usual suspects, man. I got my homie check, Nate checking in all the way from the West Coast, a.k.a. the best coast. Back home you from the Bay. Know. What's going on? Yes, with- sir. Back, man, back in L.A., repping the H.U., the one and only today. You know how, how we do. Them Dodgers looking good, homie. Y'all may, y'all may yeah, yeah. mess around double up. You know what I'm saying? We about, to get two, we about to get two of them. That's all I know. L.A., we on a roll right now, so I'm feeling good. We'll see what Tampa Bay had to say about that. I don't know. I, I think they I think they mess around double up though. And we got my partner Jay Cott checking in all the way from Maryland, man. Georgetown zone, Howard zone. You know what I'm saying? Real wide legend. You know what I'm talking about? Like <laughs> what's going on? You good? Yeah, man. Everything straight, man. Bless, man. Staying healthy. Family safe, man. I don't got no complaints. Hey, who like you know what I'm saying? Just let the people know because a lot of people man, like, you know what I'm saying just getting love from from the from the from the page and everything like that. And they went over to your page, man. Homie ass yes, be fresh. Like, yeah, dog ass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> putting that shit together, you know what I'm saying? We putting that shit on, you feel me? So yeah, definitely shout out, definitely shout out to the world, a worldwide dripper for sure. Uh man, this whole uh podcast is being brought to you by National Sports Chat, man, is being powered by TOV Sports and sponsored by TOV Sports. So make sure you go over there, check them out, check National Sports Chat out, check uh, TOV Sports out, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you everywhere. <laughs> I, you feel me? I, I don't know what else to say. Everywhere. But we got a um, we got some good talk going on, man. We we got a lot of that didn't happen. Uh, we got new coaches coming in. We got interesting just off-season trade pre uh free agency talk so we got a lot of good talk today um we gonna kick it off with the thoughts on ty Lu becoming the late i mean not the lakers the clippers head coach i need to get y'all thoughts on that you know i clip is on i gotta start i, I don't even know if you oh, clip it you didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I don't already. I only wear my Clippers T-shirts for one reason, and that's workouts only. You're not watching. Yeah. You're not catching me outside the crib right now <laughs> in, in the Clippers shirt. You know, so yeah, I, I still, you know, I'm still an LA kid, so I got the inside scoop. You feel me? I feel but, you. Uh, yeah, very sweat, sweat. <laughs> yeah, but I think, man, I I think Ty Lu. I think he's a pretty solid hire. Uh, I really don't think coaching was too much of the issue. Uh, in this last year with the Clippers, I really think that um, the biggest issue was like consistency, a lot of injuries, man. And, and like just putting together a, a new group. I mean, we saw it work with the Lakers, but, you know, pretty much they they kind of brought back a lot of people. Uh, AD was the big piece that they brought in. But, you know, your two best players bringing in Kawhi and Paul George, they load managing. They playing some games. They're playing. They're not playing some games. You know, they're very they were very inconsistent in the playoffs. 
And, you know, neither of those guys have turned out to be like leaders, vocal leaders. And I think Ty Lue, uh, that is one thing I think he'll be able to relate to the players a lot more. Younger face, you know, fresher face. You know, uh, he actually wasn't in the NBA too long ago. Like he may he might have played against some of the people that are still in the league as opposed to Doc. You know, he might have more of a traditional coaching structure. He's more of like a, you know, strap your boots up and go get it type uh, coach. And I'm not sure if that was kind of the vibe of the uh, Clippers players. I know it was for Montrez, Lou Will and Pat Bev, but. Right. You know, you bring in Kawhi and Paul George, you know, things kind of change. But I'm looking to see from Ty Lue, I'd like to see him establish like a top tier defense. And I thought the Clippers were good this year under Doc. But I mean, you put Kawhi out there, you put Paul George out there. If you keep Patrick Beverly, you know, those three right there are what you would consider elite defenders. I'm not necessarily sure about Patrick Beverly, but, you know, he just be running around like like Russ says. So he might not even be the guy to start. But, uh, you know, you, you base your defense around perimeter defense and pressure in the ball, you know, not allowing easy post-ups if you're going to play undersized. And then just allowing uh, themselves to play faster. Like, I didn't think the Clippers played fast enough last year. A lot of iso ball with Kawhi Leonard, a lot of iso ball with Patrick Beverly, same with Lou Will, same with Montrez. Um, you know, I'd like to see them get out on the break a little bit more. You got some athletic guys. I mean, Kawhi can dunk on anybody. Paul George would get out there on the wing and fill the lane. You know, Lil Will, he's more of an ISO threat, but I would like to see them push the pace a little bit more with the athletes that they have. But I'm excited. You know, we got another black man in the NBA, uh, Ty Lue. You know, he got that championship pedigree. You know, I'll be with LeBron, but it's a tough job coaching superstars. So I really, I think he got it in him. But, um, you know, the Clippers, the players just going to have to show me. I'm more so in, interested in how the players respond to this than I am. Ty Lue. Like, I know Ty Lue is going to be a solid X and O's coach, but can he get that locker room together is the biggest issue. That's a good question. Kyle, let me get your thoughts on this, man. Man, um, I think it's a pretty solid hire. My, uh, I, have to, I have to agree with Nate. Um, this is a guy that kept it in-house. This isn't a totally new, fresh face for uh, the guys in that locker room. Uh, Ty Lue is a championship, championship pedigree coach. Uh, he obviously knows how to has had a history of managing superstars. Um, that's a job in itself. Um, so I, I think it's a pretty good hire for that organization. Um, like like Nate said, I, I think with the problem with the Clippers, it wasn't necessarily coaching. Uh, it, it was it was the players that last year. I mean, Doc. I feel I feel like Doc did a pretty solid job. It's it's all about can 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 Doc can Ty Lue take what happened last year and build on it. I feel like that that would be the biggest um, the the biggest thing for him to have to prove this next season. Um, like like Nate said, uh, he's a he's a younger guy. I feel like he he may be able to relate a little bit better. Um, he's a guy who played in the league, played alongside uh, Kobe Bryant. So this is a guy who he knows how to deal with and and communicate with these high level athletes. So I mean, biggest thing with them is pushing the envelope, continue to get better. And um, but all around, I think it was a pretty good hire. Yeah, man, I, I'm with y'all. Like, I, I definitely don't think it was anything too far off. Um, I just, I just feel like you know, being a coach like Ty Lue and Nate, you brought up something that I didn't even. I'm like vocal, I, you know what I'm saying? But I, I feel like mm -hmm. I probably really get to hear, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause you know how they do the in the huddle talks and stuff like that, and I never really watched his post game talk, so. I guess I, I wouldn't be able to know if he's vocal if I haven't watched that. But 
I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's a good look, but I just I don't know if it moves the needle as much. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I definitely think he's a he's a good coach for superstars, but in a situation like the Clippers, man, you got to really be firm there, and because uh, you already got some good guys, but mm-hmm. a lot of them, I guess I would say, lack a leadership kind of mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like a leader mentality. So I feel like. Uh, Lou's going to have to take it to a different level with these guys, more so than with LeBron. You know, he's probably going to have to really tap into these guys on a harder level and really make them work for it. Um, the next topic is going to get real interesting because that's that's going to be my main question for him is uh, just seeing if he, how he would handle Kawhi, Paul George, and just the other players there because even though Kawhi and Paul George are the headline, headlining players, you got – other players with big personalities like Bill, like Montrez. Luke can, Luke can have a big personality sometimes, you feel me? So, uh, Marcus Morris, you feel me? But I don't know. I just think it's an interesting situation. I, I'm not mad at it. I, I, I'm i just not totally happy for it. I just, don't, I just don't think it's a bad look at all. Like, it's mm-hmm. not the best they could have done, and it's not the worst they could have done by a long shot. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that is going to be hard for Ty Lue, though, is that he's coming into this job with huge expectations. Like, it's not like you're coming into a rebuild situation. Um, it's not like you're coming into a, you know, a new team now. Like, this is a team that you've been familiar with, and there is no excuses for them not to get to the at least Western Conference Finals next year. Like, at some point, you have to break that baseline and not getting past the, the semis, the Western Conference semis. I'm not, you know, obviously I want to say it's finals or bust, but there's a lot of good teams in, in the West. It's not as easy as yeah. it sounds. So it's like, you know, you might have to get past the Lakers. Yeah, you might have to get past the Warriors or something like that. But, you know, you have to do it next year. Like, there there really is no excuses uh, with the talent that they have unless there's a big injury. But, you know, that is one thing that he's kind of already used to a little bit. Like, he replaced David Black. He done rose up. Uh, he done rose up exactly. to patience. You feel me? That so, so I, I'd like to see him do it again, but yeah. you know, it's just the Clippers at the end of the day. Like, I'm not sure if it's a coach problem, a player problem, or just like the name, like the culture in itself. Like it, it, it hasn't mattered what coach you plugged in, what players you plugged in to this point. So I'd really like for him to be the guy to finally push that envelope, but you know, uh, it's a lot more easier said than done. Hey, I ain't gonna like one thing I can say that I'm gonna do. I'm gonna really check into his X's and O's and stuff like that just to see how he coach. Just because for me, sometimes it just be like, man, this still Ty Lue, bro. Like, you still get the walk over. Like, the walk over is just crazy, bro. Like, it's so hard to really get hey, out. Hey, but nobody, nobody talks about how he was really, I'm not gonna say clamping AI that series, but besides that, like, that game, he had a pretty good. He had a pretty good People say Iggy Clamp. I'm, I'm, I'm just using the same numbers. Ty Lue had a good defensive. He had a good defensive. I'm not going to say he he contained AI, but you feel me? He had a good defensive series against AI. It's not like he was just every single play was out here getting cooked. That's why that step over was rare in that series. What yeah. other clips do you remember from AI in that series? Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. That that's step over. Yeah, one. That's step over. What else he did, bro? It, it, it is. It is. But no, but you know, he, he wasn't a bad player. He contributed to championship teams. That's that's only that's my point. You know, like yeah. he contributed to championship teams. And like I think players don't look too much into like who you were in the NBA because most times the best players don't make the best coaches in the NBA. 
Like most of most of the coaches in the NBA, the head coaches are not like who you would consider superstars ever in the NBA. Like well, Steve sure. Kerr was not a superstar. I'm sure. Really like, still, like I'm sure Mark, Mark Jackson is probably one of the biggest ones. See right see, now, I'm like in terms of stats and league. I'm happy you said that because I know, like, even with Steve Kerr, that's a perfect example. Because Draymond has, like, a sort of, like, it's just guys who just got that a-hole in them. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. so I know he probably sure. went up to him before, like, hey, man, what uh, what happened when Jordan fired on you? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just stuff like that. It's not, it, it's not bringing him down as a coach. You feel me? Like, he's still a good coach mm-hmm. all that, but it's just – I don't know. You know, it's questions that need to be answered, you know, so. Hey, man, none, none of the other players on the Clippers besides Kawhi can say they have a ring, which Ty Lue, have, I believe, has three of. So, you know, that's one thing. He, no matter what they say, he can say that. So, I get you know, that. he's commanding respect off, off, the, off that fact right there. Like, Paul George can't say nothing to him. You know what I'm saying? Because those are guys who are expected of. Ty Lue – Ty Lue was never a person you expect to get buckets or you expect to be a super clamper. You feel me? He he rose the occasion as a role player. So, you know, he did his role. Uh, I think he has some good input. But like you said, I'm not sure if it's a coaching issue or a player issue, which we're about to talk about next. Yeah, man. It just be so funny, bro, because I sometimes I'll be getting off talk because this don't have nothing to do with him being a coach. It's just sometimes the step up <laughs> is crazy to me, bro, like stuff be having to get addressed. It was but, grimy. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, what? It, it was grimy. I can't lie. That that's definitely oh. a mark on his record, but but not his coaching yeah. record. And I see AI was like, man, I hate that. And I, I feel AI, but nah, bro. I would have loved that moment. He's like, man, I hate that moment because I really love Ty Lue. Hey, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I don't hate that moment. I'm trying to tell you. Let's get yeah. on to this next one, man. Do y'all think Kawhi is a locker room problem? And I'm a um the the reason why I came up with this is just because. Uh, it's been a lot of stories coming out. Just saying, Montrez, Lou, and uh, Bev didn't uh, didn't appreciate how uh, Doc went about treating Kawhi and all the special privileges he got. Whether that was being an hour too late to take off, uh, just everything, low management and stuff like that. So I want to get y'all thoughts on: Do y'all think he's just a locker room problem? Because again, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is three teams now. You know what I'm saying? This is the Spurs, which I don't feel like he was a problem there just because Tony Park and them had one of them out of there. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say out of there, but they wanted him to play, and he felt like he wasn't ready to play. You feel me? So, mm-hmm. But that's still something that's a muster on his jacket, to say the least. Then you got Toronto. You know what I'm saying? After winning the chip in one year, everything looked perfect, seemed perfect, but he just said, no, now you went, uh, now you went L.A., so I, I I definitely want to get y'all thoughts just on this situation. Do y'all think he's a locker room problem? Kyle, I'm going to start it with you. Man, this one's tough because obviously you know that, I mean, on any level, the best player on, on a team is going to get special perks. It's just what, what comes along with the game, especially in the NBA. These dudes are getting paid millions of dollars. You can see it in the paycheck who, who is who they value more. So – it's it's kind of yeah. tough. Um, I will say on the the other guys, uh, the other guys, and from the other guys' standpoint, you do it, you do kind of feel some type of way when you see uh, one player on your team being accommodated from um, the next. Um, 
Now, I will say that you have to, they, they, them as professionals should understand that, okay, we're all pros here. Mm-hmm. If, if certain things, if this is cool, you know Kawhi Leonard is our best player. Boom. So you got to deal with it, man. I mean, like, as long as he's not in there cussing dudes out and actually becoming a, a legit, I, I don't see, I don't, I don't see Kawhi. Hey. We say we saying what he said the dog. Hey man, I ain't passed you the ball, the effing ball for that. Hey, that's Ooh. just real though. That's just real though. I was mad at yeah, that. Kawhi made me an asshole. Man. I ain't even gonna lie to you. <laughs> hey, man, you gotta, hey, sometimes you gotta be an asshole in sports, man. This, see the one thing to win, man, you gotta be transparent in all situations. Like mm-hmm. you can't be at the end of the day, guys gotta realize you, you we all got one goal here as a team, and that's to win. So whatever mm-hmm. has to be done. In order to get to, in order to get there, to get that W, then I mean, you it has to be said. You gotta, man, keep it. Like I feel like you soft if you're taking offense to what Kawhi Leonard said. Um, but I mean, from so I wouldn't say he's necessarily a locker room issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see him be more vocal of a leader. I feel like he's always been a leader through with his play. So I can't really, uh, can't really grasp on how good he is as a as a vocal leader. But I mean. As far as the other off the court stuff, I feel like those guys got to realize yes, he is coming to a Clippers organization who was built on grittiness, toughness, things of that nature. But come on, dude, y'all not getting the championship without that man. And it is not happening. So I feel like they should be professionals, understand his situation. Ace, some people are different. So, I mean, if you have to accommodate, Small things like him, like for, for whatever reason he wants to live in San Diego, he's late to certain claims. Come on, you, you on the team's time anyway. What else you missing? So uh, I can't deem him a, a locker room issue at this point. Um, but I would say for the other guys, and, and if there is an issue, then they should come together as grown men and talk it out. Yeah. Right, this brother to brother, not the coaching staff, the organization isn't involved. This is between us. This is my current situation. This is why I want to do this. This is why I'm doing this. This is why things are the way it is. And, and I feel like they all want to win and have one one goal, one focus, one purpose, then they'll accommodate and adjust to whatever their brother's needs are. Yeah. I feel like I just think it like his ways, like you said, bro. Uh that can be a problem for certain people. So if it's a problem for certain people, I feel like he needs to go in and just readjust how he uh, feels about himself, man. Like, hey, man, you're part of this team just as much as everybody. And like you said, if it is a problem, let it be known. You know what I'm saying? And Kawhi, if it is like you need to rest, do rest management to be at your peak performance, let that be known to the guys. Just don't have the guys out there thinking like, man, Shit, why going tonight? Hell no, right. well, damn. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. we gotta talk about it. Right. Let it be known. Yeah, and it, that's how I feel like it's probably problems there because he's not from, and we from the outside looking in. Like, we don't, right. like, I don't know how right. cool he is in the locker room and nothing. Right. But it's like, you know what I'm saying? Damn, dog. Like, you, you, you don't communicate with anybody from that. You know what I'm saying? From my perspective, that's how I view. That's how I look at it. Right. And I feel like that could become a problem for certain guys that, especially guys who who were in the situation last year where was it? No, that was a you, no, that was last year where they uh took the Warriors six games. Oh, you feel me? So, six. 
Yeah, like they they're in a situation where it's like, come on, bro, like we we good, you know what I'm saying already. Not saying we don't need you because that's definitely not what we're saying, but we think, you know what I'm saying, if you if you coming over here being with us, you gotta fall in line just how we fall in line. So I think it's just like you said, Kyle, it's a lot that needs to be spoke about. And I feel like that's gonna be a hard job for Ty Lu. You know what I'm saying? Like Ty Lu is gonna have yeah. to be the one. And I don't know if he could do it, but I don't, he coached Brown, so I don't know. I don't know what that behind the scenes look like, but I'm sure it's not going to be the same as co- coaching Kawhi. It's going to be harder. You know what I'm saying? Because Kawhi is not the communicated the uh, the communicator. Brown is the communicator, the uh, the communicator, the leader, the everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything runs through Brown, and everything don't run through Kawhi. Kawhi is happy. I come to the gym, put up. I, I finish the game 25, 10, and seven. Go home. We got the W, and he good coming back every day doing that. You know what I'm saying? Without, all right, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Picking other guys up and doing things like that, and really being the main leader of a team. And Tyloo's gonna have to show he could do that as a from a coach perspective, because I still don't think without your best player really being like your leader, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. And I and I wouldn't even say leader. I just say without your best player being able to solidly communicate with each, you know what I'm saying, with the other guys, I feel like that makes it hard because it's been different situations to where teams have had got like even Udonis Haslam. <laughs> like he was the leader of that team, but he, Nick ain't play a lick of minutes. Like he was more of a coach than anything. So it'll just be interesting to see how this all unfolds. I, I do think what he's doing – is causing problems for other people for sure. So I, I I'm gonna give him that that locker room uh that locker room breaker. I will say to your point to your point. Um, I have heard rumors from multiple of his prior teammates, current teammates, that he's not the same guy off the court that we see on the court. As far as not responding to, he just he literally they say he just has a, he hates the media, and yeah. he shies away from it. So. I mean, you we, we can't really call it. I'm not going to judge him based upon what we see because what we see, I think I got the same opinion as you, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I would do. He don't talk. He not. So, I mean, I feel like. You say something. Like, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like, man, like, these dudes, last year should last year should have been a disappointment to them. Yeah, so, if they want to get sure. together and, and, and rebuild their reputation and, you know, actually – and actually achieve something, then they're going to have to talk as a grown man and, and bring it to them. Like, I, I don't even think that that story should have leaked to the media in the first place. Personally. Yeah, that's um, what Lou, that's what Lou Will said. Well, Lou Will, you know, he denied it, the reports. If you, I'm not sure if y'all caught that, but he denied the, the reports that it even happened. But, um, man, I'm going to be a little bit more critical than you guys are. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I'm not going to say he's a locker room problem for what he does. It's more so the lack of what he, the lack of what he does. Uh, you guys have made some good points based off communication, but like if you look at Kawhi's trajectory in this league, he's never had been called on to be the leader. Even when he was with the Spurs, right? There's a clear chain of command. You got Popovich at the top, you got Tim Duncan, you got uh Tony Parker. Those are the guys you defer to, you know. So even with him winning finals MVP, he was never the leader of that team. Yeah. You go to Toronto, you know, uh they're following him because they know they have him on a one-year rental. So they're giving him everything that they uh that they got. But, you know, you look at that team, Kyle Lowry's clearly the vocal leader. He's clearly like the galvanizer of that unit. You know, uh, I I even think Nick Nurse is a pretty uh, strong leader. Like he got some pretty nice tendencies in terms of coaching. 
Um, you know, he's won a championship at every level. So like there's a clear chain of command with the Clippers, right? If you look at them last year, I don't think that they had one central leader. And I think that's why they were so successful in terms of like at least getting two wins against, you know, the Warriors with Kevin Durant. I mean, Lou Will, Montrez, Pat Bev, uh, Shamit, Shea Gilgis, like none of those dudes were superstars. So they did it by committee, right? You know, they were all having fun. You know, they probably all communicated with each other. Like, I think everybody viewed each other at that same level. And I think that's why you got some fun basketball. But um, with Kawhi, like I never really saw the team camaraderie this year. Like, you know, if you just literally look across the street at the Staples Center, bro, I mean, if you look across to the Lakers, when the Lakers are losing, even then, like you kind of see their unit is together. You know, like they may walk off the court or whatever, but you can see like they're together. You know, even I in the times over there, I ain't gonna lie. Hey, hey come on now. I just no, it's, it's I true. Niggas, look, they haven't. Nigga, Brown to go sit on the other side of the bench, man. Fuck these niggas. Right? But, but like that's not that. Brown that's not that. But like, if you look at if you look at them, bro, like they clearly have like a chain of leadership with the, within the Lakers franchise. Like it's Bron, AD, and then everybody else fall in line and do your role, and they're professionals, so they're they're okay with that. And I think the issue with Kawhi coming into the Clippers was that they never clearly defined who the leader was on the team, and like he's not taking that role. And obviously, we're looking at it from the outside in, but I mean. I, I mean, this is just me looking at the social media, obviously. I clearly don't know, but I don't see the Clippers doing no team activities. Like, I hadn't seen the Clippers doing no team activities, so I've seen them fishing in the bubble. Man. And I work with the Clippers, you feel me? Like, I ain't seen too many of them, like, linking up, you know. Like, i rarely seen any of them, like, con congregating before games or anything like that when I was working there. So, it's like they never really built a team, and that's pivotal, like, at any level. You know, like, that's why, you feel me, when you're a kid, you go going to Chuck E. Cheese with your team, you feel me, in high school – your coaches ordering pizzas for y'all, y'all doing group, you know, y'all watching film, y'all doing group activities because you got to build up that camaraderie. And I think that's a lot more important than the Clippers probably realized this year. I don't think they did enough to build that camaraderie because it's one it's one year. You know, you can't have the weight on your shoulders for uh, the weight on the world on your shoulders just for one season. However, you do got to build the sense of team like Trez, Lou, Pat Bev. They had that sense of team like we're a team, we're a unit. And then you bring in Kawhi, you bring in Paul George. I mean, not to say that they weren't a part of the team, but it kind of – all these reports we're getting, it kind of seemed like they were treated on an upper echelon. And that's okay if that's clearly defined. You know, like if it's clear, like, all right, Kawhi Leonard, I'm the leader. You know, I'm the leader on the court. I'm the leader off the court. You know, I communicate well. You know, I'm not – you know, like you guys said, you know, there's not going to be any games where it's like, is Kawhi playing tonight? Is he going hard tonight? You know, is Paul George's shoulder okay? You know, how is he looking tonight? Like they're – you know, there didn't seem to be too much of that uh, with, like, the, the Lakers. So, I mean, I'm not going to say he's a problem because he's yelling at people or he got an attitude. You know, he doesn't want to do things. It's just what he isn't. And, you know, he may never be that vocal guy, but he may have to try a little bit harder because this Clippers franchise is his right now. Yeah. Like, like LeBron, that Laker franchise is not his. You know what I mean? Like, uh, even with uh, the Spurs, like it wasn't his franchise, like, but this Clippers franchise is completely his right now. Like, there's never been a champion in Clippers history. Like, he wins a championship with the Clippers, he's the oh, person that, to that, ever win a championship. Man, I'm about to say, like, uh... yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I don't, it's LeBron's organization right now, but like, in yeah, the terms of history, you know, like, like the history of the franchise, like. LeBron's not the first Laker you think of. If Kawhi wins a championship, he will be. But in order to do that, you feel me, you got to build some type of culture. Like, I don't really know what the culture of the Clippers was this year. They had all these ads talking about spotlights, streetlights over spotlights, or uh, us over them, or whatever. I'm like, bro, like, 
all that little sassy shit, you know. Like they, they they got all these little signs around LA, you know, like they trying to combat like the Hollywood stuff that, that LA is. But it's like, you know, that's not really the culture. Like communicate you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, into that. You gotta you gotta feed into that, whatever the culture is. And and one thing right. like like I wanna just say is uh it's I know it's probably hard to really and I know my, my DMV guys gonna really kill me for this, but they wear them just on an everyday tip. But it's hard to really you know what I'm saying? I really hoop with a nigga that wear new balances. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really it's hard. It's hard. Like it's like like damn. Like every day, that's what you like. Damn. And the, the new balances you do wear, like that's really like hard. You can't even hoop in them. Like like come on, bro. Well, Ty, Ty Lu got to challenge either one or the other, Paul George or Kawhi, to take that leadership role. Like you, some, one of your two best players has to take the reins. Cause like those two are under contract. There's no guarantee Montrez will be back. Uh, he's a free agent, you know. Who, who knows what he'll get on the free market? You know, there's no guarantee that Pat Bev will be back. They might trade him or something like that. Get some reinforcements. You know, they got to reinforce that uh, that front court. Get some better bigs possibly. But one of those dudes has to step up and be that vocal leader. Like it might not be your personality, but you got to suck it up for 82 games if you really want to win a championship. Yeah, then then lastly, because we we a problem solving podcast podcast. So <laughs> one way I you said just the, the camaraderie and the team chemistry. I'm just thinking like man, they got the perfect guy in the locker room to build that. We will just take him to Magic City on Monday. <laughs> Get everybody a combo. That's Back. perfect team bonding. I remember hey, the picture. Hey, Kawhi like the strippers. Yeah, I'm about to say it was a Kawhi already in there. So I don't know. He already been picking through the spot. So we like, man, Lou, you got a double pack. You know what I'm saying? You you can't just have him out there like that. You know, he really one of them guys that don't get no fun. So you gotta take him to the fun. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got some hey, hey Nate, hey Nate. I will say to your point. Um, you made a great point about about how the the culture and the lack of leadership is obviously missing within that franchise. Um, I would I would say to that, it doesn't necessarily have to be I mean, Paul George to me. Um, oftentimes you see on on teams that the the vocal leader isn't always the best player or the leader in general isn't the best player. Like you look at Golden State, while Curry is a leader, I wouldn't say he's the leader. It's Draymond Green, in my opinion. Um, now there, there are multiple, there are multiple circumstances where they the best player is, um, is the leader on the team, like D Lil, I say Greek freak. Um, but D-Wade. right. It, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that in all situations. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like with that Clippers organization is like the Lou Will, um, Trez, and and Pat Bev, they established a good culture, which made them as successful as they were in years prior. So these guys have been in the league just as long. Lou Wills probably had the most years under his belt out of anybody on that team. So I feel like they need to do a better job of stepping up and leading. While, while I say that, it also takes for a Kawhi Leonard to be and accept the leadership and uh that level if they're not going to step up and do that but ultimately but ultimately it does have to have they ever want to win anything because that's critical like you said and i think you, things like I think that. you're right 
that, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the superstar that's the leader. Like, you know, you look at UD, great leader, but you also have that encore leader in Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, you look. You you look at like all you know even in Golden State right like you could look at Andre Iguodala as one of those leaders at a point, but then you know you look on the court Draymond Green like you said great leader Steph Curry to our knowledge a great leader Clay Thompson himself is very quiet kind of like Kawhi Leonard but you see he's a he's a silent assassin but you know when it's time for him to talk X's nose you know when he's talking about his team like you kind of just feel that he loves the team like he loves playing Warriors basketball you know like I, I feel that when I'm really listening to it and I, that might just be me reading too deeply into it but like when I just listen to other stars around the league talk about situations that they like you can kind of tell you know like even after losses like oh, whatever like we know we did this 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 wrong but we'll be back the next game like I didn't like the fact that the Clippers blew that 3-1 lead to me showed that like it was nobody in that locker room. I was like, all right, we lost one game. We're back at it. Cause like you saw that with the Lakers, they didn't lose a consecutive game once in the playoffs, even after they lost game one against the Rockets and uh, Portland, everybody was like, Oh, you know, they might lose this series. Oh, they might give them a run. Somebody in that locker room. Obviously I can't say it was LeBron or AD. Somebody was like, all right, you know what? We're going to win the next game. Then we're going to win the next one. But I never saw that from the Clippers. It was kind of like, damn, we just lost. Damn, we just lost again. Damn, we're home. You feel me? Like, I, I never saw a snapback. Like, we out of here, you know? Let's leave. So, somebody got to take that charge to, to all of our points. Yeah. Man, shout out to the to the people that's in the comment section. Jo- Jeremiah Lothark, I see you. We was just talking about whether um, Kawhi is a locker room problem or not. But just – I don't know why I just happened to see this, but I just seen this nigga John Wall playing Spades in the middle of an interview. Right. <laughs> Real deal playing Spades. Salute to John Wall, man. Just to get into this next topic, man. Bradley Bill really wants to stay in DC. Oh, you got to stay. Uh, God damn. You got double up. You know what I'm saying? Howard. Double it up. Yes, sir. I need to get y'all thoughts on this, bro. Why do well outside of the money, which uh, that's probably why. But why? Why is he staying there? Why does he think that they could get it done there? Do y'all think uh, that the Wizards would be able to get it done? And uh, uh, I would say short term. I say well, I would. I'll give it like five to ten years. Five to eight years. That's more realistic. Do y'all think they'll be able to get something done in that amount of time? <laughs> Nate, you want you want my honest opinion? Yeah, you want my honest opinion? Hell no. Yeah, oh, I got you. <laughs> hell, hell no, bro. Hell no. I, I personally don't think so I just because – Man, they still handicapped, though, with John Wall's contract for another four years, I think. So, like, that timeline alone puts them back. And then, you know, I'm not necessarily sure about the coach. Uh, Is it Scott – still Scott Brooks? Scott Brooks. Yeah, yeah, still Scott Brooks. Like, you know, he's cool. Like their young talent is okay. Like I, I like Rui Hachimura. I don't, I don't see superstar talent. Um, but I do respect Bradley Bill for wanting to stay. I think he's saying all the right things, especially to get that bag. I mean, he's gearing toward that two hundred fifty million if he opts out this extension. You know, he'll have ten years of service in the league, so that's two hundred fifty m's. Um, but just being realistic, no, I, I don't think they'll they'll get a title. Uh, I think Bradley's really good. Um, I'm not sure he's the best player on a championship team, Let though. Yeah. Let me just say, can make something happen. And whatever. Okay, okay. Happens, you know what I'm saying? Look, I'm going to say pass. I'm going to say pass the second round. So maybe a, a conference finals because they haven't reached a, com- a conference finals. Like when I was in D.C., they kept running into that second round wall. So 
you know, all right, all, to elevate past that, I think it's possible. The organization will have to do a lot of work. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they offload John Wall's contract, but, you know, maybe he comes back and becomes a pretty good player again. I think that puts him in, you know, contention in the East, at least to make the playoffs, you know, maybe get a first round W. But I mean, I don't know, man, they, they would really have to bring in like some really, really big time talent, maybe through the draft at some point, you know, maybe trade and get some picks. But I, I think they got a long way to go. Uh, like I said, I respect Bradley for what he's doing. You know, it's not all I saw an article earlier. He was talking about how, like, you know, people take the easy route in terms of leaving. You know, I respect that, but I, I'm not I'm never going to call uh, getting a championship the easy route because only one person wins it a year. There's a lot of people that leave teams and go to teams that they think they have a chance to win a title and don't. You feel me? Like if you look at the collect like the Clippers, like we just talked about, like you can say Kawhi and Paul George took the easy route, but clearly they didn't. Hey, so uh, some, niggas, some niggas take the easy route and some niggas take the bad route. <laughs> yeah, exactly. or, or some people or some people take both and you know clearly bradley's not trying to do that right now uh i think he's on like 27 28 if i'm him i'm taking the bag too i'm securing that 250 mil you know later down the line maybe when you're like 31 32 you got all the wizards accolades that that's a lot of the stuff that bradley talks about like he wants to be in wizards history which i really do respect i mean he wants to get his jersey retired he wants to be you know all-time scoring leader he wants to put some records up and I respect that. But once he does that, he needs to get out of there as fast as possible. If they don't make any moves, man, I, what I say is this, man, because you brought up John Wall, and I feel like we just got to wait to see what he come like, what he is when he comes back. So it's like, it's kind of hard to gauge, but we didn't seen like more teams turn around, you know what I'm saying? Less than five to eight. Mm-hmm. Years. So I could see it happening. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I like Hachimura. I like, uh, Bryant, Thomas Bryant, dude who plays for the Lakers. I like him. I I like those dudes. I just don't see like star potential. And and even with, even if, even with John Wall, like you give him a a completely healthy Jay Wall. I mean, we've seen what a completely healthy Jay Wall do. Like he got outed by Isaiah Thomas. You feel me? Isaiah Thomas is is is, was a great player that year, like MVP candidate. But at the end of the day, Jay Wall six three two two twenties. 40, 43 inch vert, you know, that was him at his healthiest. I feel and, like you know, he that one though. What'd you say in the time? I feel like Brad Stevens had a lot to do with that one too. Don't get me Fair wrong. Point. I, Fair I, point. I, I his ass off. He was coming yeah. off, you know, he just lost his sister. He was it was a different level. Um but uh you know, to, I, I can agree with that yeah. though, with the Brad Stevens point. He he was probably a big role. Yeah. I, I also think too, like you know, what I'm saying we just we gotta wait to see what they what he's like when they get back. But they also tied up cap wise, so it's just gonna be interesting to see. And if I was Bill, I probably I'd take the bag too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 27 now. By the time he finished with the bag after that five years, he'd be 32, kind of on the backside of his prime. Uh, depending on you know what I'm saying how how it turns out, because a lot of guys are laughing. Depending on how he developed now. Yeah, like with his skill set, he could be a sharpshooter at 32. A high level score, like you never know. He could be in that same type of uh mold as Greek freak we were talking about, you know, still have some good years left, get picked up by a possible championship team if, if yeah. needed. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like if anything, like it'll have to be like that when when Bill is like that 30, like 32, 33, if they like could possibly mm-hmm. make a run or get to the Western Conference Finals or something like that. Just because, like I said, it's, they got a lot to do, whether that's uh, in a draft or just trading pieces away because they are already tied up really heavy. I think um, – I think they still like. I know the Bulls are playing Auto Porter that twenty six million, but I still think they had to pitch something off on that for sure. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they just tied up. I, as- I wish. I yeah. wish Bradley wasn't this uh tied to staying in DC though, because I do feel like there are some very good like places yeah. for him right now in terms of fit. I, I think Denver is a perfect fit in terms of his play style and like what they need. If you replace Gary Harris. Like you replace Gary, you trade off Gary Harris, maybe Michael Porter, maybe some picks. Like I think that's a perfect spot for Bradley because they need a front another uh, front court athlete with Jamal. I mean Gary Harris is pretty streaky, but I also think the Bucks would be a great place for him. Like him playing with Giannis, like that perennial forward. Every single elite guard in the NBA to me needs to play with like a perennial forward. Uh, I I really think and vice versa, you know. Uh, you you need each other uh, realistically. You see LeBron here. I mean, you see Giannis and Chris Middleton. I I guess that worked. Uh, I think that was a big issue for the Clippers not having that very elite front court guard. I think that hurt them. I mean, you look at the Warriors play. You got a great forward with uh, with Draymond defensively and playmaking. And then you got Steph and Clay. But that was also an issue for the Rockets. So many guards and not enough good forwards. But you know. Giannis is the perfect type of elite forward that Bradley needs and vice versa because the spacing would be amazing with Giannis. But then you got two. I think Bradley Beal is a much better athlete than like we see because he 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 be doing some stuff sometimes. It's like super impressive. He's just not. That's to Kyle's point. His skill set is so high. He don't have to try to go to lane and dunk on somebody every time. You know, he could put a little nice English on it, but he's a much better athlete than I think a lot of people realize. So I, I would love to see him somewhere else, but I do respect him wanting to stay. Kyle, let me get your thoughts, bro. Man, first of all, shout out Bill, man. That's a real one right there. Why I'm staying a real team. Yeah, I mean, hey, but obviously, uh, I think that that the bag is is the primary reason. No questions. Like, come okay. on, two hundred fifty M's. You can't pass that up. This is a guy. He from St. Louis, Missouri. He wanna. He wanna. <laughs> Damn, they said you sloppy, bro. Hey, hey, hey chill out, chill out, chill out. But now, nah, man, on top of that, I feel like Brad, he's, he's a loyal guy. Um, just that's just the type of dude he is. Um, yeah. uh, I feel like I feel like y'all, I'll count on the Wizards out just a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We got a new GM and uh, my professor, Tommy Shepard. Um, I feel like he uh, got to talk to him personally, and I, I really like where his values and the things and the direction he wants to take this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's trying to get. I, I really like the draft pick and Hashimura. I feel like he he could possibly have star potential, in my opinion. This is a guy. He's a gym rat, six nine, can handle it, can shoot it. Um, so I don't see why not. It's all of and he's athletic. Um, so I mean, I personally I like that pick. We have another ninth pick, um, lottery pick this year uh, in this upcoming draft. Hopefully, we can grab a sneaky piece. You know, it's been you've seen in the past. Uh, you can get a steal within the draft at, at number nine. Sure, a franchise changer. Shoot, we'll, we'll pick the Greek freak go. Um, Sixteen, I think. Deep, Deep Mitchell, fourteen. Right. I'm not saying there's another Greek freak go there, but it's a possibility. 
Um, yeah. So I, I do hey. What's up? Just you feel me? Just real quick since you brought him up, like that nigga ain't he? Like, bro, you couldn't have told me he wasn't gonna be the first. I could. I, what's his last name? Atatakumpo. Atatakumpo. Yeah. You can't tell me he wasn't gonna be the first Atatakumpo with a championship. That is crazy. Oh, you talking about crazy. Like the league yeah. crazy now, bro. Like yeah. chips are not the mean shit for real. Like but that's yeah. a whole nother. Yeah. <laughs> not for somebody like him, you feel me? If if he walked in the room talking about man, I was on the Lakers for for the championship. I'm like, bro, no, you were on the bench. But, <laughs> but honestly, if I was a role player, I'd be saying the same shit. Nigga ain't fun. Tell me nothing with that with that thirty carrots on my on my finger. You know, ain't nobody gonna tell me nothing. Yeah, I'm about to have Brian sign it and get five for it. <laughs> five facts, bro. Yeah, I had Brian <laughs> but no, nah, though, y'all had anything? No, nah, Kai, you was still going. My bad, I cut you off. But no, nah, I was just saying. Um, uh, I think that the Wizards do have more potential. Brad Bill, I think he is a, a elite scorer in the league. He's only 27, 26 um, right now. I think he still has room to improve. Uh, he's a gym rat. So I, I, feel, I feel like he, he believes in this franchise. And uh, like I said, I think Tommy Shepard, he's, he's taking it in a good direction. Um, and and I, th- I feel like the future is bright. But ultimately, if you're Brad, this is the guy, I personally don't think championships mean everything. Don't get me wrong. They're a huge, a great accolade within the league. But ultimately, these guys, this is their livelihood. This is their profession. you got to take care of your family, take, Take care. Remember, remember the real reason why you do this. So, do you give up forty million dollars just to go play with a team and and possibly win? It's not a guarantee. As many good teams there are nowadays, um, and as competitive as the league is trending to be, um, so it's no guarantee if you go and leave and go to a Denver that you're going to going to get a get a um a championship. And I'm pretty sure he's he's settled here within the DMV. Um, you know, it's a, that's a that's a life. Like people don't look at the off the court things, how to, how moving cities it affects these players, not just on the court but off the court too. Um, sure. So, so uh, I think that 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 played a big role within his his decision. And hey, as a Washingtonian Wizards fan, I'm happy he wants to stay. Cause, Man, get the bag. You you made a great point because uh, I also don't think that most players I like contrary to like most people's belief I think that the majority of players in the NBA yes they want to win a championship but like I said at the end of the day it's a profession man like you got to get the money at the highest value you got to get maximize your value for as long as you can and if you can get two hundred fifty million half a bill I mean a quarter of a billion dollars very very few people that can even say that they've had that opportunity even in the NBA. So, you know, bring I don't think he believe in the franchise. I think he's saying the right things. I wholeheartedly don't think that Bradley, like in the back of his mind, I really realistically don't think that he thinks that currently constructed the franchise has like a contending chance, but he believe in that 250 million. You know, he believed in, in him running up the numbers. And to your point, championships aren't the most important thing. That I think they really only become – so important when you're talking about the greats, right? Like if we're talking about a list of like which point guards was the best or, you know, who's the GOAT, like that's when you start talking about championships. Besides that, bro, there's a lot of very, very good players in the NBA who have never had a championship. John Stockton is still considered in the top five of point guards, you know, never had a championship. 
Like Charles Barkley, you know, one of the Hall of Famers, probably a top twenty player. Oh, yeah. in Carl Malone was that, never, never touched it. Twelve, nigga. He Carl Malone, leading scorer in NBA history. Never, never, never got a ring. So you know, it doesn't mean everything. Uh, as much as the media tries to make so make it seem now that a championship's the only goal, and if you don't get it, every season's a fail. That's not true. Like if Bradley brings the Wizards to contention, that's I think that's good enough. You know, uh, get them to that conference finals. You know, maybe make a run at a finals. If he has a Jimmy Butler type year, I mean, that's a, that's as much as you can ask for from somebody like Bradley. And, and one more point, I will say, as a Hooper, what else? What more could you ask for? I mean, right now, John Wall's injuries and things like that, Bill is the face of our franchise and the way their careers are trending. I personally think Bill sure. is there right now, anyway. And, and going yeah. forward, uh, I feel like he surpassed John um, as an all-around player. So what more can you ask for? It's his team. They're revolving everything around him. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like it's an ideal situation for a guy like Brad. Hey, what dog say, man? Rule number one, go and get the money. Rule number two, don't forget the money. <laughs> go get the bag, man. Go get that, man. I ain't mad at it. Go get that 250. And like y'all said, man, I, I just feel like now chips are starting to like really lose their value unless it's like a great guy with a chip. Like for sure. Hey, got seven of them. Man. On me. Like he's not gonna be concerned. He contributed for sure. Is he a better player than Charles Barkley? No. No, sir. It doesn't What's that point guard, bro? He was on the uh, he was on the Warriors. Dog, Monte Ellis, Patrick McCall. Huh? Oh yeah, Patrick. He got three of them. Yeah, he had like three rings in his first three seasons. I'm like, boy, it don't get like it's just right. crazy. Man, that's just falling into good situations, though. You know, and that's why. When, that's why with the best players, you know, the championships mean so much, though, because it's like, bro, it takes a lot to win a championship every every year. You know, yeah. like like I said, only only one out of 30 teams wins. You know, there's a lot of talented guys in the NBA like that's a very small percentage of the people that are actually in the NBA to touch the title that year. So, yeah. you know, you can't measure every single thing by winning a championship. Uh, I think that's the danger of the media nowadays. Like, oh, yeah, he's not a champion. Like, bro, I consider this season for Jimmy Butler as successful successful as a season as, you know, I've seen in a long time. And he didn't win a championship, yeah. you know. Um, so even even somebody like Denver, you know, 3-1, two, three ones, like they didn't win a championship, but they ran they ran into the eventual champions. Like I consider those type of seasons a success. Toronto Raptors, same thing, you know, game seven had a chance to get back to the conference finals after losing a guy who averaged 25, 26, seven and six, you know, mm-hmm. those are successes in a season. And I think that's the type of success Bradley should look for. You know, if you get a ring, you get a ring so much yeah. better, but you know, get that team to a conference finals, you know, get that team to be competitive, change the culture every year. And I think that's what you consider success for something like that. Yeah. Get that marathon success, man. And one thing too, oh, me. Uh, we just need to, and this is just for the Micah and friends family alone. We need to put out an APB for Patrick McCall. I don't know where he's at on this earth. Like, is he? <laughs> I think he with the Raptors. He with the Raptors. Yeah, because he got he, he had the two chips with the Warriors. Then they got trade. He got traded or somehow landed with yeah. the Raptors. Yeah. And then I think he's I think he's still on that roster, bro. 
Because when they lost, I saw some post. It was like, this is the first year that Patrick McCall won't be in the finals. Yeah, nigga. Legend. Like, real legend. Like, (laughs) when we go out, like, I'm telling my kids, like, man, he was going to be better than Jordan. Nah, let's get on to this next one, bro. Uh, man, Daryl Morey, the Rockets GM, has stepped down. And I want to get y'all thoughts, man, just because it's a lot that's been going on in Houston. And I wonder if y'all think the organization has just failed hard. You know what I'm saying? Have they not put their best foot forward um, to give Harden the best chances at success? Uh, Nate, I'm going to start it off with you, bro. Man, honestly, I'm going to have to say that Harden failed the organization before I say the organization failed Harden. And the reason I'm the reason I'm going to say that is because in the past five years, I do think that the organization and Daryl Morey have put very talented players around Jay Harden, the type of players that especially this year, the type of players he wanted to play with. Like, I don't think that they make the move to trade Clint Capella if Jay Harden doesn't endorse small ball. You know, I don't think that they make the move to trade Chris Paul if James Harden doesn't endorse the move to trade Chris Paul. You know, and I'm I'm not saying it's solely on James Harden, but uh, I do think that, you know, if the Rockets, you replace Jay Harden with maybe like put LeBron or KD on that team. Like those are very, very talented teams. You feel me? Like you would expect those teams to get to finals and win finals. You got Kevin Durant playing with Chris Paul, playing with uh, who else was on that team at that time? Mm-hmm. Trevor Reza. Uh, yeah, Clint Capella, like that's a very that's a very talented roster. Uh, and then even when they do do the small ball, I think Daryl Morey did a good job, you know, at the trade deadline going out to get somebody like Robert Covington that really matched that small ball, what they wanted to do. Um, I'm not going to say it's only on James Harden, but I mean, in the biggest moments, he's the one that's that's folded. I'm not going to say that only he, he's folded, but in the biggest moments being the playoffs, he doesn't perform as well as he does in the regular season. And I can't necessarily say that that's an organizational problem or is that just a play style issue? Because, uh, like, if James Harden doesn't play the way – if he doesn't change the way he plays, uh, that's going to be a big role for whoever – what coach they bring in, whatever GM. Um, if he doesn't change the way they play, I don't see what expectation I would I should have for James Harden. Like, the way he plays right now, should I expect him to win a championship? Probably not. So uh, I can't say that they failed him. You know, they got to a conference finals. They ran into the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors, one of the best teams of all time. You can't necessarily uh, put that as the sole benchmark of them losing to the Warriors, but they've had positions that they should have won series. Um, and they've also made questionable roster moves to me because it, it seems like, you know, Chris couldn't get along with Jay Harden for some odd reason. Or, you know, Clint Capella, a pretty solid young big, you know, live threat, pretty solid defender. Uh, he couldn't work there for some reason. So, um, not solely on James Harden, but I can't say the organization failed him. I think they put some pretty good talent in the past at least five years. Kai, let me get your thoughts on this. Man, I'm going to have to agree with Nate, man. I can't say that the, the Rockets organization has failed James Harden at all. I mean, they, they came he, when they went, when they brought him over from Oklahoma City. Um, this is a guy who received a max contract from this organization. They have revolved their entire play style around him, uh, tried to put uh, pieces around him that could possibly compliment him and get him to, you know, the pinnacle, win a championship. And, I mean, it just – it just we just – you see that although he, he is in the tough Western Conference, he is he's running up against these teams who, who, like Nate said, he ran up against an all-time great warrior team. Um, he ran up against LeBron James this year. 
So, I mean, it, it just shows the, the caliber of player uh, James Harden is. While he is great and is a top-tier player in the league, it's just mm-hmm. players that are better. Um, and, and I think <laughs> that he he has gotten to um, gotten to the the gotten to critical moments and multiple times and just proved that he he isn't that guy. And and this is James Harden is one of my favorite players, um, but I can't say that the Rockets organization or Daryl Moore has failed him because, like I said, they have did everything that I think that you could possibly do to accommodate his play style and his game. Um, now, the fact that Daryl Moore stepped down, I feel like things uh, after his comments with the, the about China and things of that nature, I feel like things kind of went a little sour. That on top of going experiment with the small ball, that didn't work out as well as they wanted it to. Um, I think it kind of just got stale. Uh, he did everything he possibly could, uh, you know, just like the coaching. Uh, sometimes you need a fresh face. Sometimes you you got to right. um they Dan Tony's gone now, uh, so you might as well just get a whole new culture change, reset um, with a new GM as well. But I cannot say that the Rockets franchise has failed James Harden um, as a player. I don't under, I don't see what else he would want. This is a guy he's putting up whatever shot. They're letting him iso ball, um, you know, step with hundred dribble, thousand dribble a game. Ask another more. You can't ask for that more as a Hoover, bro. So, Rockets definitely have not failed that man, and they gave him two hundred them. So, can I, can I, can I name a few of the players that that James Harden has played with in the team that the Rockets have brought him? One year in two thousand and what's this? Sixteen. He didn't. He didn't only play with uh, Trevor Reza. He played with Patrick Beverly, Clint Capella, Montrez Harrell. And Lou Williams, like that's what you would consider talent. Like we look at Montrez, and even though Montrez wasn't what he was then, I mean, we look at those two dudes right now as very good players. You know, like with the Clippers or whatever. You go on to the next few years, they bring in Eric Gordon, they bring in Chris Paul, they bring in Robert Covington, they bring in, got you know, they bring in guys that complement the way that he plays. They bring in a Ben, ben McElmore, who turned out to be a pretty pleasant surprise. You know, like the stuff that James Harden wanted. Because I, I don't know if you guys remember when he lost to the Warriors. Uh, what was that? Chris Paul got it. No, the year they lost with Chris Paul, James Harden comes out in the interview and says, I know what we need to do. And they proceed to trade Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Like, Russell Westbrook is a, another MVP caliber player. Like, you can't ask the organization much more than that. Like, they brought you your good friend. They brought you an MVP candidate of the last few years. You know, like, those are the type of things that I think a good organization does. You listen to your star player and you act accordingly. Um, but you know, just play style. It's like, like I said, they allow they allowed him to play. That might be the only place that they failed James Harden. They uh, they were a little. They might have been a little too soft on him with the small ball and analytics. That might have been the one area that they failed James Harden by allowing him and the roster to go that deep into small ball, as, as opposed to just saying, you know what, James, we're not we're not going to play that small. Like PJ <laughs> Tucker is not going to start at the five for us. We know that's what you want to do. But, you know, if they could have put their foot down a little harder on that. But, you know, you got to cater to your star player. If, if he wants smaller players, you know, if he doesn't want Chris Paul, all right, get rid of him. They did. They don't want Clint Capella, get rid of him. They did. Bring in some shooters. They did. So, you know, and Mike D'Antoni was his guy. So, you know, I, I, I kind of find it hard to blame the organization um, for this one. But, you know, man, they just didn't get it done. 
Man, and it's all good points as y'all have said, but I, I one another way I say they failed him is just by letting him continue, like you said, be being James. Like that's the biggest failure for sure. Yeah, not, not telling him like this is not winning basketball. Yeah, and and even with uh, it's almost like a parent a parent overspoiling their child. Yeah, they don't teach them any principles. Because if, if I'm gonna be honest, I feel like that's why Daryl Morey walked. Because it's like I seen him take a whole back front page article out about how much he loves Harden and stuff like that, and he changed his life forever. But I feel like they they let him get away with so much so early. And granted, he is a superstar. You know what I'm saying? So he does like we were speaking with Kawhi early. He's he deserves some privilege, but it, it was to the point to where. We seen that Daryl Morey wanted to fire um, Mike Dan Antoni, but he, he was didn't around because ah Harden likes him. Ah, we can give him another shot. Hey, we one more year. No, bro, get his ass up out of there. And I feel like Morey was to the position where it's like, all right, I love this guy so much, but I can't make a call going against him because it'll 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 fuck everything up. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like they failed him in that way. Would not. Uh, Without keeping it like a team player type business, you know what I'm saying? Like it's but, still but the thing is though. The thing is though, from a business standpoint, I think that they did the right move by allowing Jay Harden to play the way he did. Like you know, 36 points a night, 34 points a night. Like the NBA right now and fans are infatuated with scoring. So by yeah. them allowing him to just be that scorer, you know, they probably sell him out. You know, the Jay Harden fans across the world, you know, best scorer in the NBA year after year after year, like. That's exciting to a point. And to your point, Micah, they didn't put their foot down and just – I don't think they realize, like, they're handicapping themselves in the long run of a season. Like, it looks good in the regular season. It looks great in the regular season. Like, it's fun to watch. It's entertaining. But you get to the playoffs, it's a different game. And uh, like you said, man, they should have got rid of Mike D'Antoni last year because this whole small ball bullshit wouldn't have happened under, I don't think, any, any other coach. Yeah, so, and, I, and mm-hmm. all that shit would have been over with. And that's why I feel like it probably got to a point where Daryl Morey was like, you know what, I can't even make any real moves here without, you know, making sure it's ran through hard. Not saying that's a bad thing, but saying if it's something just as significant as Mike Dan Antoni leaving, and Harden saying that he loves Dan Antonio, like, no, bro, I, hey, that shit ain't winning. Like, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I thought, bro. That shit is not winning. You about to go ahead, bring somebody else in here. Just, you know what I'm saying? Get some structure. He bring five in. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, we ain't about to do that bullshit. Like, what are you doing? Then I feel like, you know, it, it's just a mixture of both to me. I just can't say they totally failed them because, uh, Harden, they did give Harden some stuff, but I I seen something too that was real good. Since 2012, the the Rockets are the only team that has made the playoffs from 2012 to 2020. Every other team has at least missed one year. They've been it been in it the whole time, and four out of them eight years he ain't played with a with an All Star. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's it's minor shit, but when they like. I feel like when they were when they knew they were ready to try to make their run, they you know what I'm saying started bringing in the all stars and stuff. But still, bro, like it was just simple stuff that that could have got handled that could have put them in a better situation for now. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like they could have ended up with Chris Paul and they should have beat the Warriors, bro. It shouldn't have been no reason for that. Like they they should have had a title already. 
Like, look, but, but guess what happened to that to get into that point? The I feel like what caused a separation within that relationship is the actual relationship between Harden and Chris Paul. That wasn't a managerial uh from a managerial standpoint. It was our best player and Chris Paul aren't getting along on the court. So at that point you have to make a move because true, but still though Kai, it, and I'm not saying that none of them are Kobe or Shaq. Part of it just gotta be hey man, hey, I don't hey, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we about to go ahead, come out here, these niggas go hoop. Like you better have twenty seven and twelve and nigga you better have twenty six. Like, but look, am I going to answer your question? You said you said that the Rockets should have beat the Warriors. What happened when Chris Paul went out? They was up 3-2. Uh, if I remember it correctly, James Harden, I remember it correctly, James Harden went on to miss 22 straight threes, and his team went on to miss 27 straight threes in game seven against the Warriors that year. So, I mean, I can't blame that on on the on the organization. Like they put you in the position to get where you gotta you gotta finish. And like to me, that's that's what separates James Harden. Like you gotta finish, you know. And like I haven't seen that from Jay Harden, but he his play doesn't elevate in the playoffs to me. I feel like his play gets probably worse to me in the playoffs, which is kind of like, ugh, you know. So that's kind of why I I lean more so to blaming Jay Harden. Like his numbers don't improve in the playoffs. And that's a very telling story. I'm not asking him from go, to go to 36 to 40 points, but you should average 30 in the playoff. Like, there's no excuse you shouldn't average 30. You do it against every team. Right? That, that's what I'm saying. So where did it go? I think too. Just like I said, it's a mix. It's a mix of both, right? Because even mm-hmm. what you said, like, all right, his team. I think they missed like 40, 47 threes or some shit. Shot like 57. Even if that's the case, that's still coaching, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got to go out there. Hey, man, we ain't doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? And and coaching is a part of the organization, but granted, that's on the groundwork floor level. You feel me? But still, like, it's still, like, I just say, it's a mix of both. Like, hard not showing up and performing, got all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, having 13 points shooting, fucking two for for 27 and shit. Like, Like, I get all that. Like, I ain't mad at that. You know what I'm saying? But that's a good I, point. I it starts from the top. I uh, feel like I feel like to that point with them missing the threes, that was the culture that they set. And they they literally live by the that the same three, that by sure. So I mean, and like I, I don't have to agree with Nate because it's like, yo, you still put them in that position and they didn't perform when the lights were on. And that's my mm-hmm. biggest problem with hard. It's like I don't think that the organization could have done. I can't name a better uh I can't name a position that they could have capitalized on more. Like I think Clint was the perfect, perfect big man for him. Mm-hmm. A guy who didn't, so want, who didn't want to a, a, a post up, didn't demand the ball. All he did was slow personality, catch lobs and rebound and block shots. That's all he wanted to do. That's all he did. Then you bring in a guy like Chris Paul, who I thought was actually a better fit than Russell Westbrook because of the current system that they had. And and James Harden can't get along with him. Who's a guy who's a, a an all time great point guard who who is a proven vet. And, and Harden couldn't they couldn't they couldn't squash the little beef whatever they had in order to put winning as the top priority. So I can't yeah. say I, I can't really. And then you got guys like intangible guys like Trevor Reeves, or PJ Tucker, uh, X Explorers, and Eric Gordon, Lou Williams. 
I can't, I can't, I think this is a, they, they did everything they possibly could, and mm-hmm. it just so maybe hard. He needs another superstar. Like it goes back to the point. Maybe he needs a a, a, a superstar, uh, low low post yeah. player, a guy that he can play with in order to win. So yeah, that, that, that See, I think I, I think uh, I honestly think we're all making the same point, kind of because yeah, like I'm there, I'm there with y'all for sure. Like I'm like I agree with what Kai said, but at the end of the day, like even though if it is Jay Harden messing up. Daryl Morey still pulled the trigger on the trade for Chris Paul. I mean, to trade Chris Paul away. He could have just been like, bro, no, Jay Harden. Like, you're gonna, we're gonna try one more year and we're not gonna go get Russ. You feel me? And same with the threes. Like, yeah, they built that culture of three-point shooting around Jay Harden, but Daryl Morey could at any point could have been like, all right, all right, all right. Enough of the numbers. Let's let's go a different direction. You feel me? So, you know, both sides deserve blame, but I will, I wouldn't, I definitely would lean more so on Jay Harden taking the blame though. Yeah, I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. We're going to keep it rolling, man. <sighs> Golden State, man, it's like the, the team that they, they never go away, and it's looking like they aren't going to go away. And they have, from what we've been seeing, they have a lot of plans and free agency just uh, for 2020, 2021, the draft, all types of stuff, uh, different, a lot of different scenarios. So I wonder, I want to see what y'all thought, thoughts are for what are some moves that you think the Warriors are going to make? One of the biggest ones that uh, came out recently was they, that they're going all in on Giannis and they're willing to trade away Draymond. Uh, Let's take the number two pick. Oh, a wig And a 2021 first round pick. Yeah, so I, I need to get y'all thoughts on that, man. Let me see. Uh, what what y'all think about the Golden State, and what do y'all think the move should be for them? Cod, I'm gonna start off with you, bro. Man, I honestly think that the ideal move is the one that we just uh, discussed. Mm-hmm. If they can land Greek Freak, I feel like that that puts that puts them at the top of not only the Western Conference, but it it it, it prolongs that that dynasty that they that they built. It prolongs Steph Curry. Sure. Nick Thompson's career coming off an injury. Um, they already have a great coach, a uh, great system, great organization, great culture. Um, I feel like Greek Freak would, would fit perfectly there. Uh, this is a guy who he can kind of he can do the same things as Draymond. He he's a point forward. Uh, he can read the ball. Yeah, this is a guy he can come in, uh, kind of do all the things that Draymond does, but just times five you know what i mean he just gives you that much more um so they can like that what was that passing yeah i think so i think I so it's like a little that, that's the only that, that's the only one i wouldn't that, that's the only one i wouldn't say look i, I, would I don't say, i don't like i, I would say ahead, only, i feel like he's he's proven that he is a a willing and capable passer uh in, in milwaukee he, don't get me wrong Draymond looks better right now because he's playing with two of the best scorers of all time. I've never seen Draymond come down the court and make a flashy pass behind the back. It's always getting it to the guy in the right spot at the right time. And that comes from watching film, playing with guys, and things like that. Now, when you put Greek Freak with two of the best shooters of all time, too, I don't see why he couldn't do the same thing. You know what I mean? Draymond, was just, he was just making the right play at, at all times. And I feel like Greek Freak is definitely capable of doing that same thing. Um, so I feel like that would be ideal for, for the Golden State Warriors if they could land Greek Creek 
24 years old, 25, man, it, it would be crazy. But if not, I personally, if I'm them, I would utilize, I would go ahead and take that second round pick. I mean, that, that number two pick in the draft. If they can land a, a James Wiseman, um, I, I feel like even with that c- current constructed roster, you bring in James Wiseman, that's a, a you know, up and coming big man. Uh, uh, I feel like he has a lot of potential, legit seven footer athletic. Um, and, and I'm I'm really interested to see how his game expands when he gets into the league because I haven't seen it, but I've, I've the rap is that he's much more skilled than he's shown in his uh, minimal games in college. So if he's able to shoot it at all, handle it at all, like yo, that could be that could be crazy putting him with Curry and Clay, um, and still having Draymond. You know what I mean? If you're able to hold on to Draymond, I think that's 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 a win too. This is the guy he's. Proven veteran champion knows the system uh, and things like that. But um, as far as that, uh, as far as any other point, um, I, I can't really see any other guy that they would go out and get right now who could um, bring KD back, which ain't happening. Um, I, I don't see any other guy that they could possibly get in free agency or make a move for who would be as good as a fit as as a Greek freak um, yeah. or taking that number two pick. I don't I don't really see it. So um I think those are the best two options for them right now, personally. Um and if I'm Milwaukee, you might you might have to do that. Only if only if you I feel like of course you fill out and see where Greek Freak's head is at first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Up. You're getting that two hundred fifty million if you if you want and fill him out, you know what I mean? But I feel like on his behalf, he should at least be real enough and let him know up front whether he plans on signing out or that, just so, you know, he doesn't leave them. And then he could land himself in an ideal situation and go to state. I feel like they're in win-round mode if he goes out there. So, so yeah. I, 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 I have to. I got you. I, I think it's an uh, interesting situation, like I said, man. I, I think – the Bucks are definitely going to offer him that max. There's no doubt in my mind. Like we all know that. And like Kyle, what you said, like even if he does want to leave, do a sign. I mean, Nate, you said that in the chat. Do a sign and trade. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I think the Warriors are just. I just got to clap it up for them because they always end up in the right situation that they want to be in. You know, whether that's uh, let's say if that trade does go through, where they get rid of uh, Draymond. Um, Wiggins and that second round pick and that first round 2021 pick, that's still cool. Cause if if yeah. that goes through, that means they still had that that second pick, that first round. <laughs> you feel me? The number two pick of this draft. And I seen something that they were going, they're all they're going all in on the White Howard too. You know what I'm saying? So they well, wouldn't. I heard they had interest. Yeah, like I they wouldn't that. necessarily have to. Yeah, let, yeah, let me stop tweaking. Not all out. <laughs> Not get crazy here. You know what I'm saying? But uh, they do have interest in the White Howard, which I do think that that would be a, a decent look for sure, especially if you have somebody like Giannis and you still have uh, Curry and, and Clay there. And with that, with that number two pick, they could do something. They could get funky with that. They could get Anthony Edwards because I, I seen that Wiseman is now the, the front runner. You know what I'm saying? Like, which I – Lord knows why. I don't know why you need Carl Anthony Towns and Wiseman, but okay. Carl Anthony can play defense. That's, they, they try to hide his defensive deficiencies because he, he can't move his feet. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know what them niggas though. I feel like he could be a four too. He could he could be easily yeah. a four. Uh, that's a huge front sure. court. That's true. Right. I I could see. It. I, I would I wouldn't make that move. But yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't either. Because you can get somebody less talented than Wiseman to do with the things they need to do. Like get you a right oh guy, rebound. Like Wiseman mm-hmm. is more than that. He's a, I feel like he he's a more skilled guy. You kind of take away from Cat's offensive game if you do that a little bit. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and just to keep adding, bro, like they just they're in a situation where they just have to win. Let's say even if they do have to give up that that uh number two pick, well, hey, you still got Giannis. And you know what I'm saying? You could still go out there, make a good run at a at a big man, you know what I'm saying? Like you could get a big guy out there that that could play some solid minutes every night for you. Um, they just in a good situation, bro. It's hard for them to really fail right now. It's just what cars fall in their direction. And from what we know, they always gonna shoot at the top gun. They didn't did it before. You know what I'm saying? I, you, we, we'll see if they do it again. But I, I think everything is lining up perfectly for them to uh, bring Giannis in there. Uh, at least by the, uh, if not this season, at least 2021 for sure. Man, Mate, let me get your thoughts, man. Man, honestly, I know it sounds great on paper to have uh Steph Clay and Giannis like the fit makes so much sense but the rest of their roster if they do go out and get Giannis will be absolutely terrible like they literally have no money left you feel me like you know and that's kind of been a big thing with the Warriors depth like throughout all their championship runs the one thing I've like noticed about the Warriors that they've always had depth whether it's Iggy whether it's Sean Livingston coming off the bench you know whether it's David West coming off the bench but bro you got to think Steph has a super max deal right now at 43 million Clay's right. maxed out at 35 million. Giannis may get paid close to 50 million a year if you do a sign hey, trade. Hey, real, real, quick, quick. real quick, Nate, because they didn't did it before, bro. They didn't pay niggas sticks, bones, vet minimum. They <laughs> niggas. Steph, Steph didn't have his super max though at that point. You feel me? When they brought on KD, Steph wasn't making 43 M's a year, you know. Yeah. And Clay just read up after this too. So, like they kind of like you said, they were in a very good position cap-wise because Steph was still on a rookie scale extension. You feel me? And he didn't get a max rookie scale extension. Clay, you feel me? He just got that 35 mil. You put 43 mil, 35 mil, and then probably another 45 to 47 mil on Giannis books. I mean, you're already over with three players. You're already pretty much over the cap. And I'm not going to say that that's, you know, those three couldn't take you to a title because they could. And you would just have to have other guys buy in. Like you said, very good point. You know, uh, getting guys at that minimum level because they just want to buy in and get a championship. Niggas going for that. Niggas going for that ring. We seen Dion Waiters. We seen cheese. Cheese. We have seen Philly cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bro. He came through every dang game. Dior down. You know what I'm saying? And he got him one. But but you know, this is like I think that the best plan of action for the Warriors is to try to search for some depth uh, with this number two pick, right? So, you know, maybe keep Draymond. I really like Draymond in their offense, but, you know, maybe an interesting trade. You do something like you trade that number two pick, you trade Wiggins, and then you maybe get back somebody like a Drew Holiday, maybe a Jackson Hayes, maybe like a – maybe Drew Holiday, Jackson Hayes to kind of reinforce that front court, you know, uh, some, something like that. I think that they need depth a lot more than they need another superstar. Like, I do think Giannis, obviously, I think Giannis would be amazing with them. You feel me? Wide open shooters, you got to help down on Giannis, or you got to just play one-on-one. You got to have the defenders to do it. So that's so scary. But building a roster around those, about around like those figures, I think that that would be 
hard to sustain. So I think that they should just try to go get some depth. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, trade trade that number two pick for somebody like to Atlanta, right? Maybe you get back a Clint Capella, a Kevin Huerter, and like a DeAndre Hunter, you know, like some 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 type of reinforcements, you know, not gonna say it's the best package available, but I just think you gotta get some depth on that roster. Cause right now, I mean, Kevin Looney, Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, Kai Bowman, like those dudes aren't, they are not. I wouldn't consider them consistent pros. Like some of those dudes might find themselves out the league in a few years. And you know, that that's common with championship teams. You got to have guys buy in, but I don't see the, the development, the developmental talent, Eric Paschal, he's good, but you know, you got to get, you got to reinforce that bench a little bit. If you have three, three dudes making over 110 mil, it's going to be hard to get some complimentary players around that roster. Yeah. Ain't ain't one of the homies on their team. Don't he uh, talk to Stephen Curry's sister or something like that? Right. Damian Lee, he married to her. Yeah, like and you know, you know how the, the fam could get things could get you know it get different with the fam. So he may have to walk. We seen what Delonte did. You know what I'm saying? We can't have no more. Now nah, but they married. They married. Well, I'm saying anything. <laughs> no, no, y'all got anything else on that? No, I, I, I think, I, Nate, that is a great point you made. Going in all in on Giannis, that could bring a lack of depth, which could ultimately lead in them not being as successful as you think they are. Um, if, if they wait till next summer, on oh, my back. I was just going to say, I think with a big three that is that talented, man, I, I just – it's, I'm still putting my my chances on. If it's one big three, I will have to to take my money on and 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 just and hope that the other guys buy in and play their top potential. It, it'll be them. I can agree. I mean, the Heat they had you know Mario Chalmers starting at five. You know Chris Birdman, Udonis Haslam, like those dudes aren't consistent pros either. Uh, so you know that that is a good point. Um, but you know if I'm the Warriors, their best bet to me. I'm not trading Giannis what I, for Giannis. What I'm going to do is I'm going to wait out a year till 2021. Then he can't sign that super max extension. So then he's not as expensive. Like he still may be around the $40 million range, but he's not going to be leaning closer to that $50 million range. So if I, I think their best bet is to wait it out. Cause I think their roster right now, if you build it out with some solid role players, maybe on some one years, I mean, you still got Steph Clay and Draymond. I mean, I, I think that could still get you to a Western conference finals possibly, uh, especially with some guys around them, but you know, then you wait next year, you sign them for a little bit cheaper, and then you you leave yourself some flexibility. But I feel like that signing trade will be hard to get done, not just from the Warriors standpoint, but from the Bucks standpoint. I don't think them getting back Draymond and Andrew Wiggins helps their timeline of a rebuild. The number two pick does, but I don't think those dudes like are really priority of interest for the Bucks. You wait that one more year, though, it be, it makes him. The market for Giannis is that much more competitive, though. Does he sign? Very true. If very true. Yeah, like it's other it's other teams too. I feel like like Miami, they might can offer more money, and it might be a better situation for them. You never know. True. Yeah, it may just be better if they just stuck with what they had, bro, and just use the uh, the tools like the the second the second uh, pick in the draft and stuff like that, just to make some more moves. Um, because do I think A. Wiggins is the answer? I, I definitely don't. But I like to see how he plays with Curry, Clay, and Draymond on the floor True. because he hasn't been in a winning environment. So I would definitely like to see him in a winning environment with some champions for real, you know what I'm saying, and really uh, see if he can play this game even more. 
But um, now let's go ahead and get into this next one. We got talks that CP3 is going to the Lakers, man. So I, <laughs> this is this is round two. We know he we know he got vetoed last time, man. I need to get our thoughts on this. Do y'all think CP3 will be in that yet that purple and gold next season, man? Nate, what's up with it? Nah, I don't think there's any chance, man. Because uh, they also similar situation to uh, to the Warriors. They're about to sign AD to that max deal, and then Bron's already on a max. And then you bring in Chris, who's on a super max deal, who's making I think like forty five million a year. That'll handicap a roster that is already you know got a lot of free agents on uh, on the lead, like trying to you know at least opting out, test the market. You're not going to be able to re-sign KCP or Rondo. You bring in Chris Paul. I think all their free agents currently would have to be out the door. Um, if you're a championship team, you know, my best recommendation is usually to run it back. I don't think you need to make too many, like, drastic changes to a championship squad because it's like, all right, we were already there. We played against some of the best teams in the competition. Like, we might need to make minor improvements. I don't think that Chris Paul is the improvement they need. Like, Rondo, to me, is the perfect ball handler. So, I think – I know we talk about – I know we talk about free agency next, but – uh. I think he's a guy that they really have to prioritize because, you know, he's a perfect complement to LeBron um, and he won't be nearly as expensive as CP3. Like you don't need CP3 to come in and run the offense. That's what LeBron for. I mean, he, he led the league in assists. He is your point guard. You don't need somebody else to completely take the ball out of his hands only for a few, uh, only for a few times of a game like Rondo. Like he doesn't do it all game because he doesn't start, but when he comes in, he alleviates some pressure. If you bring in Chris Paul, he's a guaranteed bona fide starter. Uh, and I don't know if it's enough basketball to go around with him and LeBron. Like, they're both really, really good floor generals, and I think Lakers have enough closers. I mean, AD showed he can close. LeBron closed at certain points this season. KCP closed, you know, in some of the biggest moments. you got to bring him back. So not to say that they're better than Chris Paul, but, you know, he's too expensive to me to be on the wrong end of 35, I think. That's yeah. pretty expensive, $45 million. I don't think the Lakers will make that move. Yeah. Kyle, let me get your thoughts, man. Man, um, just from a number standpoint, it doesn't make any a lot of sense. The guy, he's kind of on the tail end. You'll be picking up a large contract. Um, I just don't don't think it, it it works out in that sense. But also, Nate made some great points. I feel like you don't need a quick call with that with that team. He, you already have a, a certified floor general in LeBron James, and then I feel like like. To reiterate what Nate said, Rondo was an ideal backup point guard. Um, other floor general that they need, I feel like he doesn't have to. He doesn't demand as many shots as Chris Paul. Um, and his, his his primary role is defense and facilitate. So I feel like you, and then like you said, you're getting him at you get him at a way smaller ticket. So um, I feel like Chris Paul isn't necessarily the answer. You bring him in, that's a major. I feel like that's a that's a roster addition, and because they don't even need investors, they seem right. like they got them. <laughs> right. And they're coming off a championship season. I feel like you don't need that that large of a dynamic change uh, by bringing in a guy like Chris Paul. It just doesn't make um, that much sense to me personally. Uh, I feel like a lot of it is built upon him and LeBron's relationship, and LeBron. I feel like he's on this this thing where he just wants to get his his guys championship. Like let's go win them on my boat, um, you know. What I mean? And that's respect. Like that's the type of dude LeBron is. That's the type of dude is. But I feel like financially, um, 
with AD about to resign and uh, and then you know you got to think about the future. You don't want to handicap yourself. Uh, like LeBron is only 30, he's thirty-five years old. You know how many more years he has? He has to himself up for man, and you can put more talent around him. So you never know. You sign a guy, you pick up a, a large contract. That, that those linger three, four, five, six, seven years. You never know what can happen. But, uh, right now, financial, financial, or strategic. Yeah, I, I don't think it's smart at all to have a CP3 tag alone, you know, just like you, for all the reasons, like you said. And we know who Chris, what Chris Paul already said last year when OKC tried to come at him with some, hey, man, can we, you know, restructure the deal? No, nigga. No. I'm trying to be the, I don't care about a ring. I'm trying to be the highest one paid out. Bring me that 80 million in two years or 90 million because it's 45. Give it to me. I need it. I, you did, I, I ain't mad at him. You feel me? I ain't mad either. You better get that chicken, boy. You feel me? Like, hey, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. Just like you, like all the reasons, like y'all said, cap wise, all that. And the Lakers uh, have a lot to deal with already. Like making sure they bring Rondo back because he's a an uh, unrestricted free agent. KCP's unrestricted. Um, Dwight, like we already said, the Warriors are already looking at him. So that could possibly be possibly be somebody else missing from the piece of the puzzle, and you know, like you just gotta you got Avery Bradley coming back, so they they are they aren't just super they won't be super underhanded from a guard position, but it is like they definitely have to do some more just to keep adding on to the to the team and just making sure they keep a good I guess um, like a good group of guys around LeBron and AD because they're gonna do what they're gonna do regardless of who's there, but they just need a good, excuse me, some good role players that keep cycling through that. You feel me? You got any more thoughts on that? Nah, man, I think we touched everything. Man, for sure. Let's go ahead and get into this last one. The, the, uh, damn, my nigga change location real quick, nigga. bro. You feel me? I have to change location real brief. Man, <laughs> let's get into the, to the Lakers, uh, free agency issue, man. Do y'all think that, like we just brought up with, with Rondo, KCP, and a host of others who may be walking away, do you think that they'll be able to, what do you think they're going to come out here and do in free agency and in the draft? Man, let me get y'all thoughts on this real quick. Uh, Kata, I'll lead it off with you. Man, um, I feel like, first of all, they need to prioritize, like you said, getting Rondo back. Um, I think that based upon the White House play within the playoffs, and this is all, not just an on-court play, but how he was as a bench guy, locker room guy, you could tell you really jailed those guys. I would prioritize maintaining the contract too if the bin war doesn't get too crazy between them and the Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. But if if not, if you let's say worst case scenario, you lose both of them. I know a guy like uh, Victor Oladipo. Um, he, he would be a great. I feel like he could be a great addition to that team. Um, also, I know Fred Van Vliet. I believe he's a. a, a, a yeah, he'll be a free agent here too. Um, possibly making a move on him now. I, I did see a report that um, the Raptors would possibly offer him an eighty mil. So I don't know if, if eighty mil is is worth it if you're the Lakers for Van Vliet. Um, he, he's a very solid player, but that could also be bring, 
financial problems um, in the future if you decide to commit money to uh, Van Vliet. Um, but if, if not those two, I, I would say they, they should strongly pursue a guy like Oladipo. I feel like he can fit their culture um, well. Um, if if not, and um, what, do you all know uh, free agent big men this year? Uh, I don't think it's any premier ones. I know Drummond has an option this year that he got to pick up. Um, but I'm, I don't think any like e premier big man. Montrez is, is somebody who would be on the market, but I wouldn't consider him a premier big man either. Right, right. But now, man, with the Lakers, since they're coming off a championship, man, for real, for real, I, I, I really think that they should prioritize retaining the same guys that, that they had on that run. Uh, specifically in Rondo and Dwight. Um, they played a, a key. If, if, if it's two guys who I would say I was most impressed um, by their play, besides LeBron and AD, of course, it would be Rondo and, and Dwight. And KCP, too, how he came out and uh, performed in the finals. But if they they those guys, they really showed that with a diminished role and, and with in that um, – complimentary role alongside AD and LeBron, they, they can really perform at – they're as good of a complimentary player you're going to get in the league, in my opinion. Uh, the, big, the big man that's uh, that's coming out is Draymond – I mean, I said Draymond. Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, Marcus Saul, Biz McBiombo, and Tristan Thompson. So, See, Marcus Saul Marcus could be somebody if you lose Dwight, you bring in for cheap. Not to say that, uh, you know, he, he's a priority, but he could be a solid piece, a solid big on the bench. I personally don't necessarily like the, the Mark Gasol uh, move because he's, I've, from noticing his play as of late, he just he just looks like you can tell the father time is getting to him. He's not just nearly as athletic. Even though he never was known as to be a great athlete, he just looked uh, exceptionally slow off his feet um, in recent years. And I feel like that doesn't necessarily benefit the Lakers. They would uh, so good if they can get up and down. All their big to, to be able to be to the white one through five can get up and down on that team. And you those after like seven footers running, it's, it's hard to stop the transition. So I feel like you bring Mark Gasol, it slows them down, whether it's the first team or the second team. Um, so to me, you got to prioritize getting Dwight back or um, you name maybe a white side if possible. White side, I feel like he, he's not, not as much of an athlete um, as Dwight, but he brings uh, paint enforcement, block shots, things of that nature. Yeah, right. Nate, let me get yeah, I'd have to agree for sure with Cot on this one. Um, I think the three people that you do have to prioritize, and that's why I don't think you should bring in a Chris Paul. You got to prioritize KCP. You got to prioritize Rondo, and you got to prioritize Dwight. Uh, you know, I was very impressed with KCP and Rondo. I was impressed with Dwight too throughout these playoffs. But I think KCP, you bring him back, and uh, you know, if you got to restructure his deal, I think he's making like ten this year. You know, maybe bump him up to that twelve million dollar rank. You know, you got to give Rondo at least seven to ten, probably so. Um, you know, they got some money coming off the books with obviously Dion, J.R. Smith. Uh, I'm not re-signing Jared Dully if I'm them. I'm probably gonna try to move Javel McGee um, if I'm them. I don't think he fits for them. I think they realized that toward the end of the season. I'm not sure if they really thought he'd be the 
puzzle uh, piece in general. I think they were just kind of keeping Dwight fresh, which was a good yeah. move on their part. So I wouldn't bring him back. Um, if you could bring back, say, KCP, Rondo, and Dwight, then at that point, that's when you start looking at trading off somebody like a Danny Green with that $15 million. Uh, for me personally, I'd probably offload his salary and, uh, you know, maybe trade like an asset down the future, like a, a pick or something, maybe in 2022 um, and JaVale McGee. And that's that's how you go out and get Victor Oladipo. You make those salaries match and then, you know, you can keep your core together, but bring in a solid piece. Um, I think that that's really the best course of action, though, for them to keep the core together. Uh, I know Fred Van Bleet's a good name out there, but. 80 million is kind of pricey uh, for a roster that's going to get a little bit more pricey having to resign those guys. Um, like you said, I think Marcus Saul, he, he's, he is a little slow. I, I'll say that. He, he's definitely, um, you know, the foot speed that the Lakers play at, they're very, one of the fastest teams in the league, especially when they get on the break. But, um, you know, I, I, he may not be the best course of action either. Maybe try to, did I hear Bismack Biombo or something? If yeah. Bismack for that minimum, you know, he's a whatever piece off the bench, you know. He gives you five, ten minutes a night, you know, give give him that. Yeah, you're right, Kai. Nah, not not this man. He, he's garbage. <laughs> and that's and that's how much that's how weak this free agency class is. Uh the fact that I even said Biz Mac Bianco. So, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I'm staying away from uh making too drastic of a free agency splash. Like, don't go out there and spend 80 million to hundred million on a player and uh handicap yourself. They're already at the baseline of champions. So, you know, just bring somebody in or a few players in that continue that uh, championship pedigree. Man, man, man. Y'all done hit all the points I wanted to for sure, but that, that just only mean to me we got to wrap it up, man. I don't have nothing else. Y'all got anything else for before we get up out of here? Nah, man. Good job. Man, man. I appreciate y'all for coming in always. You know that. Uh, make sure y'all go over there, follow the sports page at National Sports Chat. Make sure you check us out, YouTube, IG, all that. We everywhere. Make sure you follow the podcast page, Mike and Friends. We everywhere, too, with that. Um, make sure you go over there and follow TOV Sports. This whole presentation is being brought to you by them, um, sponsored by them as well. Um, so make sure you go over there and follow them on YouTube, IG, all that. Um, I don't have anything else. We got the matchmakers coming with the Little League football and uh, hey, you football I'll tune into that. Look, yeah, they look like they out there hitting. Oh, yeah, they, hey, these, these little dudes be full, bro. We, we just got to tune into the YouTube page, bro. We got some good games on that. Uh, we got to keep doing that. So make sure y'all keep tuning in and checking in. But other than that, man, I don't have anything else, man. Mike and friends, we checking in now. We checking out. Yes, sir. I can be off Zans, the backstabs. I don't forget them. We ain't going on tour, but we got the bag up in the Sprinter. I knew this shit was going to come just like I seen it on the Simpsons. I think I'm seeing demons from beans and lean that I've been sick. I gotta keep praying to Jesus. I've been thinking about leaving a nigga. No matter how mean I am to your bitch, she still won't leave a nigga. Gotta pray for my niggas, they perk heads, got sick codeine addiction. Mind your business, that of my bitch, you seen me with her. Yo, big homie, grown ass man, to me, he an infant. Little ass nigga, you ain't hot like me, you drinking spinach. Little ass boy, you don't ball like us, to me, you a scrimmage. You wanna beat your bitch, she playing my song and shaking her ass. Way before I was rapping, state to state, shaking the bag. I don't give a fuck, we go to the pearly gates, I'm taking the mag. Mask on in the kitchen, while I'm whipping, scraping the glass. I ain't even in good mood until I take my meds. I know niggas who throwing seeds, it ain't Chanel. I got niggas who under the fire like Jason Kidd. Tell little bro, this a grown man game, it ain't for kids. Nigga wanna steal this swag, gotta wait till it go on sale. I don't even like your bitch, you made me pay for head. 
You ain't never made a 20 waiting on the mail. My little nigga black and ugly, shoot like Tony Snell. Nigga tryna keep up, but he ain't got money for his bail. That little bitch broke her till just by her hair and nails. Little nigga, you broke as a joke, you funny like Dave Chappelle. He swore on God he was getting money, going straight to hell. If the feds knew what I knew, I'd go straight to jail. I swear your bitch think I'm all that, like I'm Keenan and Kel. I miss this juice, now his stomach hurt like he ain't Taco Bell. He lit like Meech when he in the booth, but never made a sale. That nigga lying, that nigga lying, smart, no cap.